0: Listening. listening to the Living Room North podcast. Now we have been in a series for the last couple of weeks and we are in part four of our series going through the book of James called Walk It Like I Talk It. Do anybody by the way know that song? Walk It Like I Talk Anybody know the dance? Anybody want to do the dance? No. No, I don't, I don't know it. Don't don't, don't, try to, don't try to hype me up up here. But anyways, um, I want to start off by asking you all just a question that I feel like we all could possibly relate to. Um, have you ever said something that you wish you could take back? Show of hands. Yeah, majority of us in this room, and if you don't have your hands raised, I would just probably assume you're probably lying to yourself. But you probably maybe were in a heated argument with somebody or maybe, you know, with someone you're dating and you're like, you know what, I wish I never would have met you. And right when those words came out of your mouth, you're probably like, I probably shouldn't have said that because no apology is going to bring me back from that. Or maybe just maybe you probably sent a text message on accident talking about a particular person. But you sent that text message to the person you were actually talking about. And there was no way for you to delete that text message. Well, you could possibly delete it from your phone, but that does not mean it's still not going to send to that person. I believe everybody in this room could kind of get where I'm going. We've learned from a pretty early age that our words hold weight that our words are very, very powerful. Maybe I'll say it like this. What you say has the power to affect people. What you say has the power to affect people. Maybe some of you are looking at me with blank stares and you're like, my words aren't that powerful. Well, I hope for the next 20, 25 minutes that you would just journey with me so that I can possibly make some of you in here a believer that our words can change the trajectory of our lives and even other people's lives. And maybe we'll find ourselves in one or two or three of these categories that I'm going to share tonight. The first one is this, what people can say, what people say can affect how you see yourself. What people say can affect how you see yourself. If you don't believe me, I remember um, when I was in fifth grade, I used to take the bus to school and back home. And one particular day, we're in the bus and we're going home. And the people who sit in the front of the bus are usually the ones that's either gonna get off really fast because their stops are first, or they're uh, kind of introverted or a little shy, so they sit in the front. Now, the back of the bus that's where it's popping. It is crazy cracking in the back of the bus. I mean, you learning songs, dances, you getting all the tea from everybody, and yet we were in the fifth grade, but we still did a lot of talking. Now, if you sat in the middle of the bus, that, that's kind of where you could find me. I have friends that were in the front of the bus and in the back of the bus, and I kind of wanted to be in the middle of them. Now, this particular day, the bus isn't like jumping like it usually is in the back. Instead, people are whispering. They're like, man, just tell her. Don't be a chicken, just tell her. Go ahead and just say it. And i am going in the middle, I'm like, what in the world are they talking about? Tell who, what, tell her what, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, the bus gets extremely quiet. And all I hear from the back of the bus is, Crystal, I like you, girl! And I looked, and it was David Grady, I said, oh no, (laughs) and I turned back forward. And everybody in the back of the bus went, wow, oh, she dissed you, she don't like you, she turned back around, she didn't say anything. And honestly, I was just embarrassed. First of all, I really didn't like the guy, but I was just embarrassed, like, why would you do this to me on this bus? And I guess when I turned around, I probably did one of these, or roll my eyes, or whatever the case is, but they went in on him. But then the bus gets quiet again, and all I hear is, "I don't like your big head, self, anyway. Your head looking and shaped like a watermelon. You got a bobblehead, and he literally went in on my head for a couple of seconds. And all I can do in myself is just like not try to hold my head, so everybody's looking at it and watching me. But I was like, what in the world did he just do?" I'm 30 years old and that was 19 years ago and I can still remember that moment and even the emotions I felt during that time, just being embarrassed that this dude just went off on me. And I'm sure if I was to come and hang down and sit down with you and ask you, has there ever been a time, what people say can actually affect how you see yourself, I'm sure some of you in this room, even most of you in this room probably could remember a time where someone says something about you that you still carry to this day. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe you're not good enough or never can meet their expectations. Maybe the route that you're taking in regards to your career is not the route that they want for you. Maybe it's not your parents. Maybe it's a coach or a friend that they could never just just be helpful or encouraging. Instead, they always seem like they're riding you. Sure, you can think about a time like that. Or maybe if you don't find yourself in this category, maybe you're here. What you say about people can affect how they see themselves. Maybe you're not the one where someone has said something about you and you are carrying that. Maybe you're super macho and you're the one actually gossiping and talking about other people. So, where they see themselves in a negative light. You know that coworker that you don't like, and you're usually sometimes, most of the time, rude to them, and they know that you're not really digging them. And so you go to your friends, and you talk about just how annoying they are, and how just you just wish you never even ran across them, or they have never even was in your life. And we can all, I would say, agree that sometimes... The, the, the harsh words, the, the words that hurt the most aren't always when we're angry. Sometimes it's when we're being sarcastic or when we think we're cracking a joke. But sometimes we can lack an awareness or the relational equity with that person to just uh, know that, man, this is not the appropriate time to say such and such. But you say it anyway, and you and I know that that relationship from that point on has changed. It's different. Because once something comes out of your mouth, it's already out of your mouth. What is said is said. And even if you are apologetic, even if you are sorry, even if you will never say it again, and that now hurts you that you even said something that possibly hurt someone else, the reality is what is said has been said, and so we find ourselves in these uncomfortable situations just from the words that we use. Now, if you don't find yourself in neither of those two uh, options that I just gave, maybe this one is you. What you say about yourself can affect how you see yourself. Yeah, I'm talking to you, the one that talks about how you don't like how you look that if you were smarter, taller, bigger, shorter, quicker, faster, whatever the case is, if I was this, then maybe, just maybe, that person will wanna talk to me. If I had this, if I had this type of job, this type of money, maybe, just maybe, I will get that opportunity that my heart is longing for. Telling yourself negative things and hurting yourself can affect how you walk, can affect how you talk, can affect how you operate in this world. And so a lot of us can find ourselves in either one, two, or three of these categories or in all of them, and I can be honest with you. I've found myself in all of these categories at some place in my life. And we used to grow up saying this saying, and some of you might be aware of this saying, um, and it's this right here. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How many of y'all have heard that before? Yeah, how many of y'all still use that? It's a defense mechanism. I don't necessarily agree with this whole thing. Actually, I'm gonna unpack it because sticks and stones may break our bones, absolutely. That is true, but words will never hurt me? That's a lie. Because we know that words stick with us. How am I 30 years old and still remember what David Grady said, whose birthday's December 14th, said about me in the fifth grade? It is impossible to still remember that if that did not affect me. No matter how much counseling you go through, no matter how much healing you go through, no matter any of that, these words that people use or even that we use uh, to, uh, about ourselves affect how we operate affect the relationships that we have and so tonight we're going to journey through a few passages that James talks about and it's actually in the book of James and he gives us very vivid imagery of how powerful our words are and we pick up here in James 3 if you have your bibles feel free to take it out don't just always listen to the speaker feel free to 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 read along if you're taking notes I will ask you jot it down it's in um, James 3 verses 3 and 5 and it says this Both. Now what James is basically trying to say in all of this is that small things pack a lot of power. If you don't believe me, have you ever had a tic-tac, an out toy, and you ever ate onions and then you pop one of those things and you're like, woo, minty or woo, fruity, right? It packs a lot of power. So basically he's saying that small things pack a ton of power. And this small thing that is inside our mouths, our tongue, is just a, symbi- a symbol, symbolizes our words. That our words have the power to affect us. But he didn't stop there. He basically, I think, if James was still alive to this day, he would probably say it like this for, for us. You can control your tongue or your tongue will control you. Let me say that again just in case I miss some people in the back. You can control your tongue or maybe your tongue will control you. It is important for us to be able to speak and to be able to connect and share what is happening in our mind and in our hearts and get it out with words. But we are to control our words instead of allowing our words to control less. Now, James didn't stop here. He kept going with more imagery because he's like, y'all think this is super simple. Y'all, re- we're really not taking into con- uh, context how harsh our words can be or how powerful our words can be. And so he goes on in James 3, 5, and 8, and he says this, Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Woo, keep going. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed, and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now, if you're not getting kicked in the gut, when I read this, I was like, dang, what am I going to do with my tongue? I I mean, what am I going to do with my words? I guess I'm not going to be able to get this right. But the reason why he gives such vivid imagery is because he wants to let us know that our words can affect people. They have the the power to affect people as well as ourselves. He goes on to say this in James 3, 9, and 10, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters talking to you and I, this should not be, he says, go on, can put, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? He asking us questions. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. He's basically saying that we use our mouths, one, especially for us that call ourselves Jesus followers in the room, one, we come and we praise God with our mouth, and then the next second or moment, the moment someone gets on our nerves, we then say something sharp. We then talk negative. How many times have we come to TLR and we, oh, praise Jesus, we love you, we're grateful for you, small group is awesome, you get in the car, someone cuts you off and you flick them off. How many analogies do you got to give you? Or maybe, just maybe, you are living with a roommate. You cannot stand your roommate. But when their parents come in town, you treat their parents with nothing but respect. But the moment their parents leave, you treat their daughter or their son with disrespect. Basically, James is saying this makes no sense. There is no way both of these things can coincide with one another. And I'll say it like this to make it simple. The duplicity of our tongues reflect the hypocrisy of our hearts. For the Christians in the room, have you ever met someone who's not a Christian? And their first response is like, oh, why you don't go to church? Oh, because they're a bunch of hypocrites. It's because our walk and our talk is not adding up. And so the duplicity of our tongues reflects the hypocrisy of hearts our hearts it's like saying God I love you but I don't love my neighbor it's like being for someone but also against someone at the same time how is that possible it's not I'm not telling you all you have to like everybody I'm not telling you got to get along with everybody everybody's going to be in your circle but what I am saying is that everyone deserves respect It's like we say uh, we're all made in the image and likeness of God, but then when someone comes into our life that we don't like, or maybe someone we used to like, but don't like no more, and now we get to pick them apart and tear them all apart because we don't like them anymore. Or maybe let me meet you right where you're probably sitting right now. Maybe you say you are made in the image, uh, in the likeness of God, but then you go and you pick yourself apart. You tear yourself apart of the things you don't like or things you you, you feel like you should have but you don't have. So basically what we do is tell God how you created me is not enough. Do you see this nose? Do you see how big my head is? Do you see my body shape? This is not enough. Did you forget to take more time on me? Basically, when we're telling God that this, who we are and how he has created and made us is not enough, we are slapping him in the face and saying, you got this thing all wrong. And when we do that to our brothers and our sisters and our neighbors and even the people that we're like, we're telling God, God, you made a mistake when you made them. I would just have to believe that that is so far from the truth. God did not make a mistake when he created any of us, and it is important for us to understand the power and the impact that our words have. Because I would like to say that I could possibly speak for everyone in the room. We have no time to be careless with the things that we say. It costs us too much. If you would ask me, what does it cost us? I would say everything because we would lose influence. We wouldn't have friends. We wouldn't know how to build community. And one thing that I know that is true about God is that he made us with community in mind. He made us to feel like we are connected. So when we are talking bad about ourselves, or allowing someone to talk bad about us or or allowing any negative or anything that's negative to come into our life, we're basically saying, that well, that's okay And I came to tell you that it's not it's not okay and I think we need to do this we need to respect the powers the power of our words we need to respect the power of our words knowing that they hold a ton of weight you're probably looking and saying well how do I do that because all, well, I want to be my authentic self I want to be able to crack jokes. I want to be able to be sarcastic with my friends. I want to be able to do the things that I want to do and say the things that I want to say. And how do I get control of my tongue if everyone's going to be offended by something that I say? And I wish I can tell you that it was something super simple and easy to live out. It's probably easy to hear but harder to walk out. And if And if I could, I would say I want to snap my fingers for all of us and say the moment when I snap my fingers, at that very moment, all of us, every single one of of us in this room are always going to, to say things that are helpful and not hurtful. I wish it was that easy, but it's not. It's just like working out. You want to work out, you want to get fit you wanna eat better, whatever the case, you gotta eat better, you gotta train change your, train your mind to think that way, to eat things that you normally probably wouldn't wanna eat. You gotta work out, you gotta train your body to, and your muscles to, to just know that, yeah, you're gonna be sore a little bit, but this is for the betterment of what I want my exterior and interior to look and feel like. And so this next thing that I'm gonna share with you that James shares with us I think is brilliant but it's gonna take practice and it's gonna take work and I will be crazy to tell you or make you think that once you hear this, you're gonna do it and it's all gonna make sense. and It's all gonna always work out. I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna make some mistakes along the way, but if you have the awareness to know what and how you should use your voice, I think you will continue to make an impact in all the spheres of influence that God will send to your inventory. And so if you're taking notes, that's great. If you're reading along through Scripture, that is great. But I would ask you to do something just a little step further, and that is to get this next verse into your heart. Because there will come a time where you will get into a situation where you just want to give it to somebody. Like, really give it to them to the best of your ability and not even think twice about it and not even feel bad about it but if you have it in your heart, if it's written in your heart, it might help you to, to, to think twice before you speak about or to anyone that you might possibly have differences with. And this is what James says in James 1, and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And let me break this down just for you, just a little bit. Quick to listen. We're not really good at listening. Even those of us who are really great listeners or consider yourself a really great listener. Most of the time when we're in conversations, whether good conversations or hard conversations, we're already thinking about the next thing we're going to say, but we look like we're actually listening to you. But being quick to listen is being intentional, being intentional with that person, letting that person know, hey, I hear you, I care about what you're saying, and I'm gonna pause before I respond. Quick means readiness, just like you prepare if you ever played a sport and you're about to play a game, or just like when I was coming up here to speak on stage, had to get ready, quick is ready, be ready to listen to someone, that's the first thing. The second thing he says is, be slow to speak. I don't got that, y'all. I'm working on it every single day uh, to be slow to speak. So I'm gonna encourage y'all as I encourage myself. Be slow to speak, meaning you don't have to say the very first thing that comes to your mind when it comes to your mind, and here's the deal. We all have technology, we all have social media, we all have these, you know, either. If you don't have thumbs, you got fingers. We all have these thumbs, and sometimes our thumbs speak louder than our tongues. Sometimes our thumbs speak louder than our tongues because we think that we can say what we want to say, whenever we want to say it, to whomever we want to say it, in whatever tone we want to say it, when we're hiding behind our screens. But what James is saying is that be slow to speak, create space, create margin to just pause for a second. If you see something online that you don't like or how someone say it, just think about, should I actually put that person on blast in front of all of our friends or should I actually send a DM and ask them, hey, can you unpack this for me? Because I'm a little confused by your statement. If you can't say it to someone in their face, in a polite and honoring way, then you probably shouldn't say it at all. But let me tell you what James is not saying. He said, be slow to speak. That does not mean don't speak. Some of us in the room could get so messed up and we're like, well, you know what? I'm just not gonna even say anything at all about this. And James is not asking or telling us to be passive. There's a time and a space and a posture when you are to speak into or on a certain or particular subject. And the last and final thing he said, be slow to become angry. Oh, this one, I'm not really great at that one either. Anybody else get angry sometimes? Anybody? Okay, one, me and you, girl, we fine. It's only us, we only honest people in this room. But anyways, be slow to become angry. What he means by that, it doesn't say that you're not going to get angry, you're not going to get upset, you're not going to get frustrated. I get angry all the time. When when injustice, when prejudice things happen, when someone is taking advantage of that underdog, I, I, I get super like mama bear protective even if I don't know them. If someone tries to hurt someone in my family or do something wrong to my husband or my son or my other son that's on his way, I'm gonna get angry. But what I've realized is that we as humans, we do not do angry well. When we get angry, we react. What James is saying is when you get angry, it's okay to get angry, it's okay to express that emotion, but maybe just breathe for a second. Maybe before you, you, you go off on that person, maybe just analyze that situation before you, before you, you know, butcher or go off on the person who possibly said something that you did or didn't like. So be slow to become angry. And here's the deal, y'all. Here's the deal, if you guys don't remember anything else, I mean, we talked a lot about how our words are powerful and impactful, and a lot of it leaned on the negative side of things, right? But our words are powerful and impactful that they also can lean on the positive side. But the reason why I think a lot of us aren't always positive in the way that we talk and the way that we walk is because we possibly don't know what God thinks about us. And so what I wanna do is just speak life over you based on not what Crystal believes about you, although I believe all these things are true, but what God says about you. So whether you are a Christian in the room or not a Christian in the room, I believe when you know what our Heavenly Father believes about you, you possibly will think twice about saying something that could possibly hurt somebody. You will wanna be more helpful with your words than hurtful. And so I wrote them down because I want to really be intentional at speaking this over you all. And you don't have to do anything, but listen. So when you say or have said, I am unlovable, God says you are forever loved. When you say or have said, I am scarred, there is no way of coming back from this. God says you are healed. When you say or have said, I am weak, God says he makes you strong. When you say or have said, I am abandoned, my family left me, God says you are found in him. When you say or have said, I am broken, God says he makes you whole. When you say or have said, I've been rejected, God says you Are his when you say or have said, I am alone. God says, He is with you always. He's a God that will never leave you or forsake you. He is a friend when you are in need of a friend, He is a father when you are in need of a father, a mother when you are in need of of a mother. When you say or have said I am hopeless, God says because of him you can find hope. When you say or have said I am purposeless, God says he has created you with a purpose. When you say or have said I am a failure, I am a mistake, God says you are victorious in Christ. When you say or have said I am lost, God says he gives you direction. When you say or have said I am." worried God says be strong and courageous my friends when you say or have said I am nothing special God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made when you say or have said I am worthless God says that Jesus his only begotten son died on the cross for you and you are so worth it you have to know what God says about you because when you know what God says about you you're able to to speak life over other people. Our words can either give life or take life it can build people up or tear people down it can motivate or manipulate it could celebrate or it can curse it could build a bridge or it can burn the bridge to the ground and so all of our words your words and mine you need to know tonight and forevermore however long you have on this earth that our words are powerful and they can change the trajectory not only of our lives but the lives of others, and when you are able to live out of what God says about you, maybe just maybe your walk will be a lot different, maybe just maybe your talk will be a lot different, and you're able to extend that same thing that God extends to each and every one of us, to that person you don't like, to that person that irritates you, to that person that gets under your skin, or possibly the person that wronged you. And so the question is, what kind of life do you want to lead? What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be remembered by? And if you're a Jesus follower in the room, I would hate to just burst your bubble, but this is not optional. This is what's true. And our Savior is the giver of life, and that is a life that we are to model our life after. So the bottom line before we head to small group is this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger.